0: Wrestling Talk, the number one women's wrestling show on the planet.
1: Hey, hey, hey! You guys! Happy Monday! Happy, happy, happy Monday! This is Women's Wrestling Talk, the number one women's wrestling show on the planet, and welcome to the premiere of WOW Superheroes After Show. Of course, WOW means Women of Wrestling, and we will be going over every match that happened and every vignette that happened on the premiere of WOW Superheroes, which took place this weekend. It was such a big weekend um, for this beautiful show that was making its re-debut and showing the best of women's wrestling um, in terms of people that we haven't seen before, people we have seen before, and the like. So we're going to get into it because, of course, we're Women's Wrestling Talk, and we're going to get into all of the women's wrestling. But first of all, let me introduce myself. My name is Stephanie Hardy, host and creator of the Hardy Wrestling Podcast, commentator for the Belladonna Division and other um, places as well, and um, host of Women's Wrestling Talk. But I'm not alone. I am with my Women's Wrestling Talk sisters. You know her as Katrina Blake. She is the host and creator of In Cat We Trust, and she's a backstage interviewer and ring announcer and just an all-around amazing supermom. How are you, Cat? Hey, hey
2: everybody, I am fine, I'm okay, how are you? I'm
1: doing great just glad to be here to go over this show and of course below us we have Emily May Heller who is an all-around amazing wrestling diva um, in terms of her broadcasting work and she also works with uh, Mission Pro Wrestling and she just does so many things and she's such a great inspiration and she's just amazing so I'm glad that she is a part of this show. How are you Emily? I'm good what an intro I'm blushing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's just something I just I just love doing intros for people. And it's easy. Like I always tell Katrina every week um, when we do NXT, it's easy to do intros for people that you love and respect. So this is what we're doing. And this is what's going to happen. So I'm so happy that we get to go over. Wow, superheroes, because I know this was a show that I had heard about, but didn't really get a chance to watch um, during its first go round. So I'm glad that it is coming back and coming back in such a major way. And for those who are watching, thank you guys for watching. And if you guys, you know, did watch it and have any opinions about it, please let us know in the comments, whether you're watching on YouTube, Twitch or Facebook, let us know how you feel about the show or how you felt about the show. But what I want to do, first of all, is ask you guys, Katrina and Emily, how did you feel about the show, the first episode?
2: <laughs> I thought it was a good intro. I did see a previous uh, seasons of WoW. And so I was like, you know, you have Je- Jeannie Bus, who is part of the Lakers. So I actually knew who she was. And then you have somebody like AJ Mendez, who I'm an absolute fan of, like part of all of this. And so I was interested to see what they were gonna go with this and I enjoyed it. Okay, we are back Emily.
3: Yeah, I mean, this is was a great reintroduction to the brand. They've been trying to It at the at the root of its core, it's still very much wow. But we definitely are seeing a new re you know iteration of it with uh, some new um, some new wow stars and uh, some new introductions, which I know we'll get into. But I think it is you know it's reestablishing itself. Um, and, uh, it was, you know, it was a pretty fun introduction, uh, you know, or reintroduction to the brand, uh, for those that are just joining or that are, you know, getting back into watching WoW.
1: Yeah, I know. Since it was my first time watching it, I enjoyed it very much because, of course, I am always a supporter of women's wrestling um, in all of its forms and iterations. And it was also very refreshing for me to see a lot of these women who I have seen before and haven't seen before in a new way. And they had all these beautiful, glowing personalities to them. And it was just very vibrant and colorful and I just loved every inch of it and what I also loved is the fact that at the very beginning they did um, talk about you know how it did start um, and how it basically had to go and take a break during the pandemic which a lot of things did in wrestling and just in life period. And then once it came back, you had the likes of Jeannie Buss, who of course is a part owner of the Los Angeles Lakers, which is my favorite basketball team, for those who don't know. (laughs) Um, I love them. And also David McLean, who was also the founder of GLOW, which is the gorgeous ladies of wrestling, which is um, a part of the inspiration for the series and the comic book um, for Netflix and also just for the comics. So it was cool to have all those things together. And then on top of that, you had AJ Mendez, who is an executive producer and a color commentator on this. And her voice on commentary was just so refreshing to hear because of course, if you are a wrestling fan and if you are a fan of um, WWE during the time of like the early 2010s, you know who she is as AJ Lee. She was a former um, longest reigning divas champion. And she basically put women's wrestling to a degree back on the map in a sense um, during that time. And she was to what a lot of people think is sort of like ahead of her time in terms of wrestling, but Her and all of her, you know, iconicness came back and now she is a commentator. And it was really great to see that along with um, David McLean and I believe Stephen. I forgot Stephen's last name. Oh, I'm blanking. But they were on commentary together. And then you also had um, Lauren, who was... um, the ring announcer and she had an amazing outfit on like with these polka dotted boots and just so many different things going on like yeah. with a plastic dress i was just like this is yeah. what i need in my life
3: <laughs> i mean this was you know uh i've I, i've watched a while over the years and what i loved is like this was very much uh you know a lot of wrestling shows and promotions struggled obviously over the pandemic and what i loved is like they took their time in relaunching this and they really were like, what's our brand? What do we want to say? And getting the first episode right for a new season is really important. And what they did is like, they established that moment of like, we all had to, you know, everyone had to kind of reevaluate during the pandemic, like what, what's important and coming back at the right time is also uh, important. And they reestablish those moments. Like with AJ kind of in the commentary seat, you get a women's, uh, you know, women's voice in there, which I think is important. This is wow, right? This is women of wrestling. We need women's voices in the mix. Um, You know, David McLean is, as you said, behind the scenes, uh, created GLOW. And you definitely have that imprint of the history of that company and how that uh, was started here as well And you you see that uh, throughout this Episode and uh, I'm sure you'll see It throughout future episodes Definitely like I'm really excited For it but of course we're going to
1: Well let me go to the comments real quick because we have JD who is a faithful um, Women's wrestling Talk fan in the comments saying triple Threat today of Stephanie Katrina and Emily say what of course Yeah we're all up in here Yes, we are all up in here to talk about WOW. So we're going to move on and talk about the first match, which was, of course, the Tonga Twins, um, who you see right here dressed up in their beautiful garb. um, The Tonga Twins versus Chantilly Chella. And Oh, I went too far. <laughs> Chantilly Chella and Randy Rara. They had a tag team match, um, which was starting off the Wild WOW Tag Team Tournament. Now, of course, they did make mention on commentary of the titles that they are fighting for. Um, but we have yet to see those titles because, of course, they're still preparing them for t- towards the end of the tournament. So we'll see what they um, look like a little bit later. But honestly, I remember when this match started, you had... Um, The Tonga Twins' family came out and did like a ceremonial haka, of course, which is native to Pacific Islander culture. And so they were moving about and doing the dance um, of their people. And then after that, the Tonga Twins made their entrance. And then you had Chantilly Shella make her entrance, you know, with her beautiful sparkly cape. And then you had Randy Rara coming in looking like she could be the captain of the Rancho Carne Toros from Bring It On. I love Stephanie.
3: It. Stephanie, she's like the 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 Wow uh, the Wow Cheer Squad there.
1: <laughs> yeah, like the Wow Spirit Squad. I just mm-hmm. love it. Squad, yeah, it was, yeah, it was just really like colorful, you know, all at once, and I just loved every inch of it. And this match was amazing and this is where I really you know I was actually taking into account the production of the matches and how the camera angles were kind of different from all angles as opposed to just like say one angle in the ring or maybe two or three you had multiple like all around and I really enjoyed watching all of the athleticism happen from that you had a lot of high flying action from Chantilly um, even though she was being a little bit risky and the Tonga twins were taking advantage of that mm-hmm. like you can tell that the Tonga twins really have built up their rapport as a tag team and their um, chemistry as well. But either way, you know, Chantilly and Randy Rawa were still, you know, giving it their best, but in the end, um, and well, there's another picture of Chantilly doing another high maneuver there. Um, But, oh, Went too far but in the end the winners wound up being the Tonga Twins and they hit a move that was just absolutely like crazy it was like a it was a Samoan drop and a net breaker all in one and they hit it on Randy Rara and they won the match and they're going forward in the tag team tournament yeah so ladies how did you feel about the match
3: I mean I think this was again this is like establishing this tournament um it's really like when you are establishing like first round tournaments, it's important to, to bring the, the best, um, you know, the, the best tag teams forward. I think, you know, I think, um, I think uh, Chantilly, you know, and, and Rara, I think they work together well. Um, but, it, but I liked how it did contrast against uh, the Tonga twins, you know, you need, uh, you need, their movesets were a little bit different. I think um, you know, I, I did like their finisher <laughs> a lot of stuff. Um, and I think uh, it was really fun. I think you know you got you gotta hit it kind of hit a home run here for this uh, first match establishing the, the tournament and I think I think they did. It was really fun. and um, it's interesting to see different character development. I think character is really important here. And these are really like out, uh, just really expressive and out there characters. And I really love that part. And I think with the, these new episodes, WoW is gonna be really fun, uh, fun seeing these come to life.
2: Yes, definitely. What about you, Kat? I enjoyed it. Um I was familiar with the Tonga Twins uh, before WoW. So for me, I was like, okay, starting right away with people of color. I loved it. <laughs> it was like, yes, you know, have two twins, and I mean that. I am a twin. Not, a, I don't have a boy twin, but the point is, it's always cool to see twins in wrestling because I am one. And so it's always like, like how well, like is it like really like super in sync, or has it like me and my brother? Where it's like you wouldn't know that we're twins. <laughs> but um, I really enjoyed uh, the matchup. I thought a lot of their moves was actually really dope uh even the intro with the family one of the guys that was doing the traditional dance i've seen in a different show and so when i was watching it i had called my daughter and i'm like i think this is the guy from the show man and bear and i literally spent like in like 30 minutes trying to find his name I'm like, i know so i just like let me see and i found that it does it was him because i'm good with a face and so i was like okay this is kind of cool now it's like somebody some other uh random uh show i watch happen to incorporate itself in wrestling as well and so that it's always like things when that kind of tie together uh but i thought it was a really good match and i thought that like, the energy was really high for our first uh episode to like start this off for those who watched previously but also those who are coming in for the first time because we have quite a few people who are just watching wow for the very first time and so i thought it was a really good first match started off with a tag team tournament which is always fun Uh, having tag team action. And again, I thought all four ladies really gave it for what it is, especially with the different characters and trying to keep in mind that we do know some of these wrestlers outside of WoW. And so the fact that some of them are so different in WoW than what we might be used to, it's like pretty cool to kind of see that. But I thought it was a really uh, fun first match I thought it was great. I thought it was the right move to start with the tag team tournament, honestly. Uh, and I can't wait to see. Like, I, I like the Tonga Twins, so I'm hoping they make it really far in the tournament. Yeah.
3: And yeah. To, your, to your point, Katrina, I think it's... Uh, it was really cool to, like, doing a TV taping like this, because these were taped a while ago and, and premiering now. Obviously, there's uh, there's a lot of production work that, hap- that, that goes into this. And, you know having the audience really involved is important and having them like in it from the beginning is really important. And I I got a sense of that, that the audience was, was in it. And this, like Katrina's point, it was really important to start something off with a tournament, with something like this, because now you can bring tons of talent in, get them introduced, get the fans excited. And this was one way to do that. And so even though, you know, there was some, you know, obviously not everyone can get the, get the win. I think you're still introduced to the characters. They can still come back down the line and there's opportunities to see them on WoW.
1: Definitely. And I'll also say another impressive part of the Tonga Twins arsenal is just the fact that they were actually hitting like a triple hip attack. That was cool because, of course, you know, the hip attack reminds you of Rikishi and the Usos as well. So to see them hit it three times instead of the regular one or the two was really impressive as well. So these girls really impressed me. I was really excited yeah. for them in, to go forward in the tournament. But I'm still excited for the others as well in terms of Randy Rara and um, Chantilly as well. But the um, Tonga Twins came out with the win. So... Moving on in the show, we had an appearance um, from um, Candy Crush, who was able to tell more of her story of where she came from and her background. And this was very heartfelt um, for me on a personal level because she talked about how she started off in... um, swimming as a championship swimmer and how she left her family to pursue a career, um, in the Olympics as an Olympic swimmer. But then after that didn't work out, after being surrounded by sort of a toxic environment, she left and she was just sort of feeling kind of lost until she started training in boxing. And after the trainer sort of, you know, started believing in her more so for her boxing, her mom and her dad didn't necessarily believe in that level of work for her. Um, because they didn't want her to get hurt, but her grandmother did. And one of the last things that her grandmother gifted to her were a pair of boxing gloves that she wore to the ring with her. And then her grandmother sadly passed away. Um, Which is something that a lot of people can relate to Especially me Um, But at the same time She was using that memory of her And her belief in her to sort of Push her forward to become a championship Boxer as well as train As a professional wrestler And it was just really amazing To sort of see her push past All of the depression and all of the um, Problems that she was having In order to pursue her dreams Um, And now she's on Wow and she's able to be Become this character that we see her as as candy crush so that was really inspiring and also a pretty big tearjerker if you're a big crybaby like me yeah so So, this uh
3: this moment got me as well you and i were on the same page here yes you know again this is a moment where it's your first episode you have to establish these moments and the biggest moments that work the best are when they're authentic and this is a moment everyone you know Uh, Many of us have stories where we have family members that have supported us when others didn't. We have people that loved us when others didn't Mm -hmm. um, and that helped us pursue our dreams when others didn't. And this is a story, you know, you're establishing this moment where she found her space in the boxing world and now she transitioned into the wrestling world. And that's important. And here, this moment in WOW was important for her to show what she's made of and what she can accomplish, and so this was a really, I think, a powerful introduction to who she is. And when we get into her match, you'll see that she didn't really let anything stop her and really showed what she can do um, and that she could she could be a powerhouse. And um, so that was that was a that was an important moment, I think for this first episode. And I think that might be uh, uh, that might be one of those moments that got us a little teary-eyed. <laughs> Definitely. Well, Kat, what did you
1: think about Candy Crush in her segment, in
2: her story? I feel like you kind of see already who are going to be the ones that might get pushed, like, or you're going to see a lot of. And so I felt with her, with the fact that they broke it down with her, of vignette like that, her kind of talking about some of her past stuff. I'm like, okay, she's gonna be somebody we're gonna see a lot of on WoW. And so, been there with the being depressed. Those like, are who's this <laughs> how about you there? <laughs> know how that goes to kind of try to figure out what's next so, with somebody who I I feel like I say it often enough. With being chronically ill, you have to adjust so much and figure out what you can do and not feel like you're kind of wasting time or wasting kind of you have to kind of tweak what you thought you was going to be able to do before it happened. And so when she was explaining, and not that she's chronically just like when she was explaining that and I understood from the level of, yeah, I had to kind of change a lot of stuff uh, over the years. I had to figure out things I could do comfortably and still be able to be happy doing those things. And so, you know, having her, you know, come and transition for somebody like in the Olympics, which is a freaking like, honor i feel like to get to that level that's not easy for people for people to do it's not easy for people to even make it there and so she did that and feel like okay where can i now carve my space at next been there no. that's that crossroad space like what do you do now that this is done or this is over and so um i did relate in that regard and then she was had pink boxing gloves and i love pink and so she earned, like, extra kudos for that. I was like, yay, pink, like, pink boxing gloves. So, like, that's right. Like, you're going to be. Fierce- I'm I'm I love that. I was so happy. I'm like, yes, I love it. Like, I don't wear it, but I love pink. And so I was like, yes, that's what I like to see. Like, you being kind of girly, but super badass. And so Ooh. I thought it was a really good intro. Um, I do feel like I think they're going to be, like, we're going to see a lot of her. A lot. Uh, based off what we got to see already, but definitely a good intro to somebody who was making her debut uh, in Well.
1: Yeah, I can yeah. definitely relate to the story of having to pivot as well, like where you spend your whole life doing one thing, and you think you're and that's going to be your career path, but then life be like, uh, no, and then it shows you something else. So I can definitely relate to that because I'm currently living it right now. And it's a beautiful thing. Um, It may feel like you're upside down at first, but once you find your groove, you find your groove. And it's good that um, Candy Crush has found her groove. But you know, somebody who doesn't believe in her groove Miss Coach Campanelli, who had some trash to talk at her. Um, Miss Ma'am decided to get in her face um, behind the scenes and talk about how her hands are like noodles and how she just doesn't have what it takes to beat her. And I thought that was very rude and crass. So I was just like, okay, then. So this was them leading into their
3: match. You need it, Stephanie. You need it. You need a good good person to cause some trouble. You know, Steph, you got to you Mm -hmm. know i'm not saying you got to make fun of people not cool not Not at all but uh you know it definitely led into the match (laughs) yeah every batman (laughs) it's showing that like rising you know against adversity and you know all the negative thoughts and the people that said you can't do it like you got to have that person that you know you always have those little thoughts and you got to make sure that they're showing that it's super relatable and uh, you know, Candy Candy Crush can still crush it. Yes, yeah, she can, and she, that's exactly what she showed in this match.
1: Now, this match was really, really lit. I liked it um, because, of course, you got to see um, a lot. Well, considering I wasn't familiar with Coach Campanelli, the first time I saw her, like, she just reminded me of Sue Sylvester from Glee. Like, for those who were Gleeks, it's like you know that she was the ultimate villain. She
3: really into a song a little
2: bit, you know, with her whistle I mean, and kind of come out and get in your face. I or mean, shenanigans. more like she's going to be into shenanigans because Sue was always with the shenanigans yeah. all the time <laughs> she was going to cheat she was
3: going <laughs> to push somebody over, she she push someone over. A, this might be funny Like she and Sue Sylvester had like a little posse she always like got people against like her little Sue Sylvester army and mm-hmm. so uh, that might be something something that uh, might be here there might be something there
1: yeah it might I, be But either way, that's just what she reminded me of. And I was just like, this girl is dastardly. But either way, um, the match started and it was a really good match. You got to see a lot of what Coach Campanelli had to offer in terms of her in-ring work, because this was my first time seeing her. Um, and then you got to see, um, Candy Crush, of course, um, sort of get her submission work on and try to twist, but then even Coach Campanelli had more submission work going on too. So you had sort of like the both of them going at each other and you had Coach Campanelli also trying to sort of almost break Candy's wrists and hands in a sense, because she knows that was her strong suit. Like if you... Like if you hurt a boxer's hands and you're basically taking away their life force, but Candy Crush was able to sort of move around that. And she wound up winning the match and beating coach Campanelli. So how did you guys feel about this match? And how do you guys feel about coach Campanelli's athleticism?
2: I thought it was good. Um, Again, I felt like with Candy's like intro, you kind of went in rooting for her to win. And then you have somebody, well, you've mentioned Sue, and my daughter loves Lee, so I know who she is. And, yes, Sue was always, like, sometimes she came out with, like, she was okay, but a lot of times she definitely did the shenanigans, and Coach Campanelli was definitely on the shenanigans. I did like that you can tell that she was seasoned. Uh, You know, when you can just how effortlessly she was able to move around the ring, and that's always something I like to see uh, with wrestlers, like, it's smooth transitioning and stuff and so that was really good i thought the, again it was the right choice to have candy win you can't give a big net like that half for <laughs> So i felt like that was the right choice <laughs> i felt like she definitely should have won that after the story after getting us emotionally invested that was the correct move uh but i thought it was a good match i feel like coach is gonna she's gonna be somebody who's gonna probably like as far as gimmick it would irritate me a bit like you're gonna be somebody like oh here you like you're kind of starting with people <laughs> like i feel like that's where the gimmick is gonna be one of those who's like you're gonna kind of be like that thorn in the side type of gimmick where people are gonna have to watch out for her because of what she already showed uh but otherwise her athleticism was good i thought it was a really good first match for candy uh and wow and again i'm really interested to see if Who knows? This maybe could be a feud. I don't like, I'm not sure how Wild plans on doing any of this just yet, but like, I wouldn't mind seeing them actually wrestle each other again. I thought it was a nice, good, like start off to what could be a good, entertaining feud.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Katrina, to your point, Coach Campanelli we definitely uh, seemed to be more of the seasoned competitor in the ring. But, um, you're right. There is building some tension. Um, you know, coach Campanelli has a presence that I think could uh, maybe bring some alliances within. Wow. Maybe, maybe make some factions that could, you know, cause as a coach, you need students, right? You're coaching people, right? So as a coach, there might be some ways to, you know, integrate some, uh, some other competitors under her wing in some way, you know, and again, like like Katrina uh, said, you know, Candy Crush had this really powerful kind of emotional vignette and and kind of backstory. We got a little taste of who she is, and you know, I think she's the underdog, right? So here we got a little taste of of she had her moment um, to shine, um, and she might have some losses later on, but I think this was her moment to shine. She had that big vignette. We got to know her a little bit more. And we saw a little vulnerable side, but we also saw some strength. And so um, you can tell that perhaps um, Coach Campanelli maybe overpowered her a little bit in some moments. Um, But I think these two are going to – this isn't the last time they'll be confronted, um, you know, face-to-face. I see that there is a question in the chat. What did you think of AJ did as commentator? I love, I, I mean, I, that's a great question. I love AJ. I think she brings, um, you know, such history and experience to the commentator table. And I think, you know, we need more, more women at the table. Um, and I think she, you know, she's taken an executive producer role as well. And that's a lot of work. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I think it's really great to have her on the, uh, you know, on the mic.
2: Agreed. Uh, That's kind of when I was watching it, I was like, it's really good to see women Mm -hmm. Uh, on like, so important to have more women uh, in wrestling, especially when you have women athletes, uh, you, you know, we can relate. This is not like a jab at any male, but we know there are things we know what to say, how to relate and to make them shine the way they're supposed to without sometimes the really weird comments some commentators give when they're talking about women wrestling. And so I thought that was important. Uh, and I love me some AJ, uh, AJ Lee, AJ Mendez. She she's like my dream interview. I want to interview her one day or something. And so it was really nice to see her. I think I would have liked her to talk a little more. I felt like she didn't talk enough. And it was not like a, like a bat. it just, I was like, I, every time I heard i was I'm like, yay, like, here you go, AJ. I'm like so excited about that. And so I just felt like I would have loved for her to talk more so I could hear her more. Doing commentary, but everything she said was really insightful. Uh, I thought she did good with like blending in the pieces as far as. you know what a color commentator a good color commentator would do as far as making sure like outside of the real technical parts of the match just like some background information or you know what they think could be next and i thought she did a really good job i thought and so i'm excited to see what she has for the next commentary like her next episodes with commentary work but so far so good i, I enjoyed her in commentary
3: yeah, I mean it's real. They had a three-person commentary uh, team, so that can that adds uh, a little challenge because you want to make sure everyone speaks equally at the right times, speaking to the right points, addressing the right storytelling uh, moments, and then also the right uh, you know play-by-play moments. So you know, I think they had a good combination, but I think Katrina, I think you're right where we need uh, we need AJ to, to to get in there a little bit more. We want to hear you.
1: yeah i agree um as someone who is like a color commentator in practice and in training as well because i'm still new um listening to her was refreshing because i believe it's because it's been so long since it's been a while since we've heard a woman on commentary on a major platform such as this and someone like aj mendez who is of course you know very experienced and um really good at storytelling was just really awesome to hear and she was really witty as well because with a lot of her comebacks at Steven and um David was really cool and then a lot of just and she's just really witty and really funny as well like she can be really goofy too and I think that's one of the marks of a great um color commentator as well if you have a good rapport with your team and you're also able to make jabs with them or just be funny with them like that was really refreshing to hear um but then there's a part of me that selfishly wishes that it was an all-female commentary
2: <laughs> Um, because oh, yeah. we rarely I see that same. too. So I'm just like I feel that too. So yeah. I, I would I would have loved and this is nothing against the guys on the team. I'm sure they got the job justfully, but when you have an all-woman show dedicated to women being superheroes, you it would have been, been super like icing on the cake to have an all-women commentary team, just to kind of like Put that over the top Mm -hmm. for how important women are in, like, wrestling. Just put that over the top. Superhero voices
1: in there. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. We need more women um, from an intellectual standpoint in wrestling, definitely. But I am enjoying AJ on commentary. She's great. And I can't wait to hear more of what she has to add to commentary with um, David McClain and Stephen Dickey. So, yeah, uh, we really enjoy her. But to move on um, with the rest of the show, we had another vignette. Um, We actually had about, we actually had two more, but I think I'll just mention this one because it goes into the next match. Um, We had a vignette from BK Rhythm, um, who was telling more of her story um, as a wrestler um, and what her motivations are, not only as a wrestler, but also as a rap artist. Um, They sort of came in with her rapping a little bit. Um, on the microphone, you know, and to another beat that was going on, but she was still rapping and going ham and laying down some bars. Um, And she was writing some lyrics as well. And she was talking about where she's from, which is New Orleans, Louisiana, and how she really wasn't much of a singer, but more so of a rapper. And how, um, in terms of rap, how much she loves, well, not just in rap, but just in wrestling, she loves sports in which you can do all the things yourself. And she was, I guess she had, she dabbled a little bit in MMA and then also in Taekwondo, but then she sort of just went deep, deeper into wrestling. And um, she did that. And then she also went deeper into rap as well. And you saw her writing the lyrics and sort of having fun with it, throwing the paper in the air and stuff like that. And you just saw her just laying down more of those bars. So um this was pretty funny for me like i really liked it to a degree but um i'm wondering what you guys opinions are on bk rhythm so far
2: i'm not gonna <laughs> when i first heard that she was a better rapper and her name was like bk rhythm and usually when i hear the bk acronym i think of brooklyn that's usually what hey. you girls to, the bk is brooklyn so she said her name <laughs> Uh, that was BK, written I'm like, hmm, I don't know how I feel about you being from like the South, calling yourself BK, you're not from Brooklyn. And I'm sure there are other acronyms in the US. It just is me being a super biased New Yorker. But anytime time I hear BK, I-, I yeah, territorial hey, here. <laughs> super like biased being a New Yorker, uh, from New York City, at least. Uh, we We're about the five boroughs. Uh, and so I was like, hmm, I don't know, like you, you're from BK and then the whole like a battle rapping, which I'm also like, that, like, I've seen battle raps. I've watched quite a few, actually. And I'm like, I don't know if I would... Like, would I, like... If I'm watching this, would I think he would win a battle rap? However, I thought it was... With that being said, her being from where she was from, and that's I guess I'm like, okay, maybe you can do something something with your with your bars. And so I let it go. But for a moment I was just like, hmm, I don't know how I feel about you being a bad rapper with BK in your name. Uh again, me just being a biased New Yorker. Um, but um I thought it was interesting. Uh you can always be funny about like rapping gimmicks, because it can be so bad. <laughs> like sometimes rapping gimmicks don't hit the way you probably want them to hit. And you're like, wait, this is, I mean, I guess if this works, you know? And so um, I was apprehensive, but I think it works. Um, I'm, inter- I'm kind of interested in to see how they're going to keep doing this with her being like the battle rapper, especially because I kept showing her on the studio. That was a nice little touch. Like when you're not wrestling, you're dropping the bars. And so I was like, okay, nice little touch there that they yeah. showed her with the headphones on in the studio. Uh, you know, and I was like, all right, if I, I don't know how I feel about it, but I like that they're really into the whole thing that you're a battle rapper, but then you also wrestle your down type. And so I respected the hustle type. That's like the hustle culture. You got like multiple jobs, you're grinding, you're hustling. And then she's like, I, when I'm not wrestling, I'm rapping in, in the booth. And so I thought that was like, interesting. But my first, I was just like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> but otherwise, I was okay after the initial, uh, me seeing her initially. Oh, Steph, you're muted.
1: Okay, I'm sorry, guys. Emily, how did you feel about BK Rhythm?
3: I mean, okay, so I know... (laughs) I know her outside of WoW. (laughs) And so um, I've seen her do different types of storytelling elements and kind of different characters. And I thought this was, like, really fun. It's kind of, like, outside of kind of her normal... uh, kind of her normal wrestling world. But, um... Uh, you know, I could, I could see how it might not (laughs) go over with all audiences. Um, so, um, I think, uh, you know, again, Wow likes to, 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 you know, push the envelope a little bit. Um, and I think this might be one of those characters, but (laughs) I don't know. (laughs)
1: I'm sorry. I just think it's why it? you laughing how... at me so hard? Well, <laughs> no, it's just I just think it's funny how it just sort of has it's it's a little bit it's a mu- it's a, it's like for some people it's okay, but for some people it's a little bit much. So it's kind of a mixed bag with folks, but I can completely understand why. That's why I'm laughing because it's, it's just funny. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's 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 all love, but it was just really funny. Um, so. After this, we had um, another match, of course, featuring BK Rhythm going up against um, someone who we didn't see a story from, but I am interested in getting to know, Vivian Rivera. Um, she is from El Salvador. And basically, in this match, you sort of got to learn a little bit from her from commentary. Um Vivian, um, like I said, is from El Salvador and she's a graffiti artist and um, she is interested in sort of creating beauty in unexpected places, which is basically what graffiti is, because I know a lot of people, you know, kind of look at graffiti as like this ugly thing, but it's kind of not like graffiti is really beautiful, you know, once you put more in stuff into it like it's really art a lot of the time it's just street art and stuff that's out in the streets isn't necessarily negative like it can be positive so stop that um but either way um that's I what she across
3: LA like if you look at her bio on wow like from the streets of LA like LA has some of the most gorgeous graffiti art that you'll ever see around the world like you can go and see like I know Lakers stuff or like the Lakers are your favorite team, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they had the most beautiful and like moving murals that people would do uh, across, uh, across the city. Um, you know, obviously for, for Kobe Bryant and like, the yes. team and all that. So like, you know, I feel like it gets a bad connotation, but I think it's um, can be really beautiful and express who people are and who a community, uh, you know, represents. And it's, it's amazing. Yeah, definitely, and then I can also attest um, they have beautiful
1: they have beautiful graffiti art here in Birmingham in my hometown as well, mm-hmm. um, but definitely in New York as, too, as well. Like, really gorgeous graffiti art that I've been lucky enough to see um, these past few months. <laughs> like, they're, they have really gorgeous graffiti there as well. So, before the match started, something funny that happened was the fact that BK actually... Um, spit some more of her raps which kind of reminded me of John Cena and how he used to hit his raps on people um, before the match
3: I got that vibe a little bit I got that vibe like that was really funny I wondered if it it was pretty fun and funny and and kind of set it up and I wonder if like she's going to do that every time (laughs) and like it's going to be different for each opponent I want to know I'm curious
1: I feel like it might be different for each opponent, but either way, um, after that point, um, the match started because, of course, Vivian didn't necessarily take too kindly to it, but she didn't let it, you know, rub her the wrong way either. So going into the match, um, this was pretty a pretty quick match, but you did get to see um, a little bit more of what BK has to offer, not just in terms of her bars, but in terms of her um, in ring acumen. Um, but then you got to see. Um, more of Vivian as well, sort of, oh, fighting back. Um, and as they were both fighting each other, it was a lot of um, back and forth type of, like, hmm, just a lot of back and forth with submissions and different things. But ultimately, Vivian wound up winning um, with a pinning combination. And BK Rhythm looked kind of sad after she lost because, She was just looking kind of dejected and sad after the pin was over. And it's really interesting how she started off with that rap and everything only to wind up losing. So it's just like, man, it was was crazy. There
3: was was like this confidence um, that she had that she brought in. She brought her rap. She like was going in without really like kind of without really thinking. She's like, I'm going to go in, do my thing. And she did seem a little more defeated at the end. And maybe she lost a little bit of confidence. Um, you know, so it's gonna be interesting how that affects uh you know the next uh the next few episodes or when she's back in the ring against someone else, what that means for her character. hmm
2: Yeah, I took it as she did all that, you know, let's throw these raps out here, and then she lost. And so I was like, you know no, how the really time up? gonna be like See yeah. this is what happens when you do shenanigans and now here we are. So like so that's what I felt like they again they had the whole background story her, she's in the booth dropping these these raps. So she did all that and then she lose. And so I was, again, because I was kind of like, "Mm, I don't know how I feel about this. I was actually perfectly fine with Vivian putting this because I was like, you know, I don't know how I feel about this whole BK thing, like this whole BK rhythm. It's like, what does the BK stand for? You know, all these extra questions probably nobody else is thinking about, but I am. And so, I was okay with her losing it, but I did notice that she did look sad. And I'm like, see, this is why you don't come up. You gotta, if you got to talk like that, you have to make sure you can back it up. And so I just felt like it was one of those, like you dropping all these like raps, and then you didn't win. And so maybe next time just come in ready to wrestle and not rap. Maybe she need to focus more on the wrestling aspect instead of the rapping part, but that's it. But I was okay with her wow. I'm I gonna did- make it. <laughs> wow.
0: <laughs>
1: But here's the thing though about, um, so we could talk a little bit more about Vivian, like. Um, On commentary, they also said that one of her biggest that AJ Mendez was one of her biggest inspirations um, as a Latin woman in wrestling and that um, Eddie Guerrero was one of her biggest inspirations as well, because we got to see her utilize some suplexes in the ring with her and everything. Mm -hmm. So um, Vivian has a lot of promise um, to show, but we have to see, I, I guess, you know, as the show continues to go on, we'll hopefully see more of her um action as well and hear more of her story that they did allude to but vivian wound up coming out with the win
3: yeah i mean i want to see a little bit more of vivian i feel like there's some mystery there you know i know we know her influences we heard a little bit about it on commentary but i think there's a little bit more substance and a little bit more heart there and i think we saw it you know, we saw it, um, a, kind of a glimpse of it during this first episode. But I think there's more there. And I think she's we got to peel back the onion a little bit. And I want to get to like the juicy parts eventually. Yeah,
1: definitely. I can't wait. So another vignette that they did show was for um, a new tag team called Miami Sweet Heat. And they're made up of um, two twin sisters, um, Lindsay and Lori, I believe. Is their more name. Twins. Yeah, and um, one's brunette and one's blonde. I believe Lindsay is the br- is the um blonde one, and Lori is the um brunette one. So basically we are going to see them on the next episode because they'll be participating in the tag team tournament as well. And you got to see a little bit of them, you know, having fun in the sun in the pool and driving, of course, a hot red um, convertible out in the sun as well. So that was really cute. And I loved their leather jackets and everything. So I'm really excited to see what uh, Miami sweet heat has to has in store in terms of the tag team tournament. Um, but after that, we saw another vignette which led into the final match the main event of the beast who is the wow world champion and i remember hearing stories about the Beast before the pandemic um and a little bit afterward too where she would sort of dominate the women of wow a lot of the time and just seeing her it's just i just don't understand how one woman can just embody all of the fierceness and beauty and strength like all in one in one woman like the beast is like amazing like you saw her lifting cinder blocks you saw her like pulling chains and also like pulling a train like the beast is like I see why you know everybody was talking about her so much because she is just a sight to behold like, what are you guys' experience with the Beast before um, we get to our main event?
2: It is impressive. Like, I personally can't close in the block, you know. I couldn't even, like, budget. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a tiny person. And so the fact that she was able to I'm do here. that, uh, <laughs> very, I'm a very tiny person. So I can't even, like, I'm sitting here, like, you're doing more than some men I know. Like, <laughs> you know, you're doing this with ease. Like, make me feel like, Man, do I need to go to the gym or something? Do I need to work out a little bit? Um, but I thought she was very impressive. Um, And I like, uh, I, it's something about seeing a dominating black woman and not dominating where they're making it like angry because that's always like, they always kind of cross the way. It's like, she's just dominant. And I like that. I, I it's, It reminds me a lot of like jazz when jazz was in like super like tough strong and badass and like i got that vibe from watching her just like she's kind of there to handle business if you have to get like whoever the the opponent is that's like an obstacle for her and so she removes the obstacle that's the vibe i got from her uh that whole thing that was just like oh yeah she's not messing around like that's like she's gonna definitely be a tough person to, whoever has to face her even in the upcoming episodes she's gonna be a tough opponent she's gonna be the person you're like I don't know who could be her because it's like that like level of just she seems so tough and so just like impressive so I I got jazz vibes honestly just yeah. as far as how dominating she was uh mm-hmm. able to see and like I saw a little bit of her before but like really watching I'm like this is so cool. It's so nice to see not only a black woman be a champion, but again, somebody just super dominant. And it's not bordering on making it the angry black woman stereotype. It's just she's dominant, and that's it. <laughs> that, that there's no other like weird thing attached to it. It's just like she's super badass. And I love that. So kudos yeah. to with that presentation.
3: <laughs> to your point, Katrina, um, you know her name is the beast. And if you, um, you know, if you're familiar with her and, you know, she received her name, like, and it's, it says this as a part of who she is and and, uh, her character on on the wow website is that the beast received her name because she is beast mode personified. And I think that is super important to remember as a champion um, that you have to be at the top of your game you uh, have to dominate everyone and make sure that you understand your strengths and that you can take out everyone else. Um, so, that beast mode, we saw it in this first episode. We've seen it previously, and we're going to continue to see it. And what I'm intrigued to see is who, uh, who will challenge uh, in the future and where this, you know, kind of this championship brain is going to go. Cause that's, that's really important um, to see and like what their, what their message is. Cause as a champion, you need to be a champion of something. Um, and I'm, I, I, you know, this was like the first kind of re reintrodu- reintroduction to uh, the power and strength that she has. So I'm, I'm ready for more, ready for more beast mode. Katrina, you've got to be ready. Steph, you got to be ready. Beast mode. Uh- Oh, I'm ready. I am
1: absolutely ready. And it's so funny that Katrina said um that she reminds her of Jazz because I actually did retweet while I was watching it. Um I said, like, I could imagine, I can only imagine what a match between her and jazz um would have been like. Like that would have been an amazing, you know, feat of strength, you know, from from those women. Like I can I can even imagine a match between the beast and Bianca Belair, considering they can both lift. I'm just like, can these women fight each other like now, like book this today? But, um, you know, this is just a different, you know, atmosphere, of course. But I was just really just enthralled with the Beast. And I was and it was my first time seeing her, like I said. So seeing her, you know, be this dominant woman and seeing her sort of make this redebut as their champion was just really cool to see. And I did some research and I found out she has a black belt. She has a black belt in Krav Maga and she's an EMT like okay ma'am i see you come on girl i love it so this match that took place was between um the beast and they did say it was for the title but they didn't really like um fully like reiterated as much, but it was between the Beast and um, Adriana Gambino, who is from New Jersey. And AJ Mendez, of course, is um, from Union City, New Jersey. And she was talking about how she sort of has, you know, a bias, you know, towards Adriana. Um, and Adriana did, you know, sort of utilize some smarts within this match by actually um, trying to break, the beast down in terms of like trying to break her knees and trying to you know, like lifting her leg up on the rope and then hitting her knees you know
3: over and over again which is a gotta focus movie. on those areas that you know focus on one area try to take them out in that way yeah you weaken a part of their body their arm their knees their their ankle something like that and and like kind of chisel away uh to make some make some impact
1: Yeah, she tried that. But what's so funny is it didn't work because for every for every moment that Adriana was trying to break her down, the beast would power out and suplex and throw her all across the ring. There was a part of me that just felt like, ma'am, like this, 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 this is very one sided and. Adriana should run. (laughs) She she should run away. Um, And she basically just proceeded to just destroy her. And then she hit her with a power bomb. And the Beast wound up winning and retaining her title. And as she was celebrating her win, um, it was interrupted, you know, as she was being dominant or whatever. um, It was interrupted by Reyna Del Rey, who came into the ring and hit her with a suplex. And then she
3: left. And I'm just like, well, day. Next, next opponent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The thing is, this champion, you have a target on your back, right? Anyone at the WoW roster has the ability, I think, to challenge the beast, right? Yeah. And if you have the confidence to do that, as you can see, some people obviously want that shot sooner than others. <laughs> so yeah. You see, you see that, like, you know, there, there's some, uh, there's some, uh, people that are very anxious to uh, get the beast in the ring. Yeah, definitely, Kat. How did you feel about this match? And did you feel sorry
1: for Adriana <laughs> going into this, fighting somebody as imposing as the beast?
2: A little, only because you know, again, the beast is so dominant. And when you have somebody who's like that, you kinda of always kind of mm, to the opponent, like, can you can you do this without getting like really hurt or you're not gonna be like laid out in the ring? Uh but she also was a bit cocky and I felt like there was moments when she was kind of standing and feeling herself that I'm like, I don't feel that bad. Like I felt a little bad. But I don't feel that bad. And I did appreciate AJ mentioning that the bias because I am good for that. Like, I'm like, oh, from New York, okay. And <laughs> automatically I'm like, okay, this is who I'm going off of that unless it's somebody who I really, uh, really, really enjoy more. And then I might take my New York bias to the side like the five let me clarify the five borough bias because it's definitely a five borough bias uh but <laughs> i thought it was cool that she mentioned that because i think i would have done a commentary like oh, she from this like that's where i from i would have made the very same reference like that and so i thought for me that was very relatable because something i would do um but i thought it was a good match for what it was and i did like even with the beast winning i kind of felt like the fact that they changed the angle a little bit where she was kind of like cheering that she kept her about i knew somebody was coming out i wasn't sure who it was going to be, but I also liked, like even with this uh, re- uh, Rena, the horror gimmick, also reminded me very much of like L.A. Street. Like sometimes how to have like you know, or like the movies depict like the the Spanish people from L.A. That fits a certain, and so I felt like with the plaid shirt, the band, it kind of gave me those vibes, and I'm like, this is going to be an interesting mix to see somebody who's they're usually very tough as well, go against somebody who's physically imposing. Cause she's like, you know, the beast is very physically imposing. And so I thought it was a good main event because I felt a little bad, but not too much. Cause she did seem like she was a bit egotistical a little bit where she was like flipping the hair. I was like, okay, so she's not like, she's not too, too scared of her. And so I only felt a, like a smidgen of badness for her, but I thought it was a nice way to end it. And clearly they're already on to like her next like feud. I feel like that's what that like, or maybe it'll be a situation where she have to deal with both of them for all we know, I, I don't know. but. I like it. I I think again, it it seem like it will be hard to beat somebody like the beast. I feel like she's not somebody you can easily beat. Uh, but I do think when you have somebody who kind of wasn't afraid to kind of come in at the end of that, either it was like this will probably be a really good matchup coming up. And so I I was I I like I enjoyed the ending. I enjoyed the little like coming in after the announcement of who won. Uh, and I'm kind of interested to see you know what's gonna happen next. Like if they're gonna make this like. A feud with just the two of them is gonna be like a triple threat type of situation like what's going on and so I'm interested to see what happens next.
1: Yes, I definitely am, too. Like, it, I felt like that was a really exciting way to end it um, because, of course, it makes you want to go into the next episode and wonder what happens, right? So I thought this was a really good ending. But, of course, the Beast wound up retaining her title. But, of course, she has a target on her back like most champions do. So she has to be ready, you know, to keep her head on the swivel and watch out for whoever wants to take that title off of her. But that was the end of um, the first episode of Wow! Superheroes and I'm feeling really good about it. I'm feeling really happy about it. I'm so glad that um, I can spend my Saturdays um, watching this new wrestling show that's just so energetic and vibrant. And it just involves, you know, the greatest women's talent that, you know, we've seen and or haven't seen. Like it's just an amazing time to be a women's wrestling fan. So um, of course, as we go forward, the women's Women of Wrestling Wild wow, Superheroes does come on in syndication in various markets. Um, I know it comes on for me on My 68 for uh, the Birmingham area on Saturdays at 6 p.m. So, of course, you know, it comes on at different times elsewhere. But please search it out and find it if you can. And just support Women's Wrestling as a whole. If you love wrestling and you want to see more of all-female shows, please support this show because it's ran with love, and I can tell, and it's beautiful, so I can't wait to see what else it has to offer, and as long as this show is on, we're going to be on, going over everything, giving the action, and just recapping all that we see on WOW Women of Wrestling Superheroes, so of course, ladies, tell everybody where they can find and follow you um, as we wrap things up.
2: Who's going first? Uh, I am pretty much on most social media platforms at InCat. We Trust. If you're on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram, the E is the three. Uh, I do have an interview that just came out uh, with MJ Satana, which is a really cool interview. So check that out if you can. Um, And in two and a half weeks, I feel like it's two and a half weeks, if you are in, the New York City area, please, please, please stop by at New York Comic Con. I will be there hosting and moderating my panel with uh, some amazing, amazing women. Uh, in wrestling, you know, women of color in wrestling. Again, women are so, I feel like I stress this every time I say this, but it is so important to have women in different roles in wrestling when you have so many other amazing women that are wrestlers. And so we need the commentators and the ring announcers and the interviewers and all of that stuff. And so I will be there hosting and Stephanie will be there with me. She's one of the panelists. And so if you guys can check it out, it is Friday, October 7th at 6.15 at the Javits Center in New York Comic Con. So we would love to see you. We would love to meet you and hope that you enjoy the discussion.
3: Amazing. That's so exciting. I'm so happy for you both that you get to be a part of that. Um, I can't wait to see how it all, um, you know, what you guys talk about. And I'll be, I'll be watching from afar. Um, so if you guys all want to follow me, you can follow me on all social platforms at Emily Mayheller right below there. Um, and, yeah, just keep uh, keep track on my social channels for a bunch of women's wrestling, sports, entertainment, live events. Um, yeah, there's some exciting things I'm working on that I'm excited to announce uh, soon in the next few weeks. So. Um, yeah, thank you all for watching Women's Wrestling Talk. And uh, remember, go to Women's Wrestling Talk website www.talkpod.com. Follow us on all of Women's Wrestling Talk socials as well. There's some amazing articles and um, just uh, news that you can get uh, across the women's wrestling industry all on our website, all on our socials. You don't want to miss it. That's that's uh, where all the all the news is at. Steph, you want to take it away? Yeah, um, also
1: know that you can Follow me, your girl Stephanie Hardy On Instagram and Twitter At Queen Steph Hardy, like it says below Um, And also you can Find me on The Hardy Wrestling Podcast um, And listen To it wherever you get your shows I have my most recent episode with Karen Bam Bam, who is the main eventer of Black Girl Magic 2, who will Also be on the panel with me and Katrina at New York Comic Con And I'm so blessed and happy that that's getting to happen And I get to go back to New York, which is becoming like my new home somehow or another but it is but I'm really excited that that's happening and of course I'm always here on Women's Wrestling Talk I'll be here on Mondays and also on Thursdays for the NXT after show um, with Katrina and on Fridays for the Smackdown and Rampage after show with Dreon Santana our editor-in-chief and amazing host as well So, yeah, like Emily said, you know, follow um, our website at www.talkpod.com where we have amazing articles and interviews. And of course, we have a a lot of great articles because this is Hispanic Heritage Month and we're celebrating our amazing women of Hispanic heritage, um, releasing articles on Instagram and Twitter and our website. Every day um, from now Until October the 15th so please check that Out and tell us you know any favorite Moments that you have from Hispanic female Wrestlers you know in the business all over Um, And just follow us On Instagram and Twitter at WW Talk pod so From all of us here thank you for joining Us for the premiere of our Wow superheroes after show We'll be back um, next Monday for the next Episode but until next time This is women's wrestling talk The number one women's wrestling show on the planet bye
0: y'all women's wrestling talk the number one women's wrestling show on the planet